Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, friends. Welcome. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, as we, uh, Lord, begin our last sermon on the series of the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, may you be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a story told of uh, a young man who uh, was prone to losing his temper. And so much so, it was, it was becoming a, a big problem. In fact, his, his father was trying to figure out what could he do to help teach his son that uh, how he responds and the words that he chooses uh, doesn't reflect well upon him. Uh, and so he talked to actually his own father, and his father suggested go and get a bag of nails, and every time he says something or he acts out, have him go out to the backyard and drive a nail into the fence. So the father thought, oh, this is a great idea. He went to uh, the department store, bought a hammer and nails specifically for this, this issue. He came back home and he calls his son into his office and he says, look, how you react is not well. You're prone to just getting upset and, and blow up all of the time. And frankly, it's embarrassing. Especially when you do it at the store. You're not five years old anymore. So, they went back outside and he said, here is a box of nails. And here's a hammer. Every time you say something that's not appropriate or any time you get upset, especially when you get upset, I want you to take a nail and I want you to hammer it into the fence. And the son thought about, fine, I can do that. You know, being young and thinking he could do anything, he was invincible. <laughs> uh, it didn't last long. His pride eventually got the best of him when an hour later, uh, he was watching his favorite sports team. And lo and behold, they lost. And this, this got him upset. So he got upset. And as he got upset, his father reminded him, okay, go out back. So he took a nail and he hammered it into the fence. And later on, a couple of hours later, he got upset again. His father told him to go outside, hammer a nail into the fence. On the first day, he hammered probably about five or six nails. But that was, you know, he and his father didn't talk towards the end of the day. So the next day, he ended up nailing up to, I think it was 37 nails within the fence, just on one day. And then he thought about it, man, I've been out here 37 times, this is a waste of my time. And it, it, as the week progressed, however, he realized he was hammering a lot of nails into the fence. And he realized, maybe I do have a problem with saying something or uh, maybe losing my temper. Well, day by day, less nails were used. And after, I think, just over a week, he informed his dad that the last nail had been nailed into the fence. Father then went out with his son to the backyard. And he said, I want you now 
to pull every nail that you have nailed into the fence. And this took a while. It took a couple hours because the son, known for his pet, uh, his his uh, his proclivity to getting upset, and with that, when you're able to hit something hard, it, it brings a, a feeling of satisfaction. He had to work extra hard to get every single nail out. When he told his father that uh, the last nail had been brought out of the fence, the father then says, look, you see this whole fence here. Frankly, it's been marred by the fact that nails have entered it. And while you were able to pull it out, what remains are the holes in the fence. Something that can never be replaced unless we just totally replaced the fence. And it was there that the power and the illustration of the nails being driven in and being pulled out, all because of him losing his temper or saying something that he shouldn't. He realized that you can get upset or you can say something, but you can never take it back. And especially, too, when it comes to words. Words have an effect on people that uh, it can be positive or more often than not can upset somebody. And especially when you upset somebody and you say something maybe you don't even mean or maybe you do intentionally mean, it ultimately leaves a mark, good or bad. And especially if it's bad, it's something that we can never take back. Now today, we're talking about uh, the attribute, the fruit of the Spirit, the last one, that of self-control. And in fact, uh, self-control, the Greek word for that is enkratea. Uh, one could describe it as self-mastery, self-restraint, self-control, continence, uh, and it's ultimately from the, the word egretes. In, in some other versions of the, uh, the Bible, I think even the, the King James Version, uh, some would describe, uh, it would just be described as that of temperance. But temperance is, is in some ways, it's minimizing. In fact, if anything, uh, as, as a one, a one commentary writes, it signifies moderation in all things and complete control over every passion and appetite. Now, you know, when I look through all of uh, Scripture, and especially uh, this particular text, I'm challenged by this very one word because of self-control, because especially the first part where it's self, and when we're taught, we're taught to rely, rely on the Holy Spirit and... Uh, but yet, when we look at the whole context of Galatians, we find that Paul is, is talking about the fact that through the Spirit, talking about, remember, fruit of the Spirit, as we've talked about all of these nine attributes, right, um, they're all building upon one another, and especially that of, that of love. Because without all of these other things, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and also self-control is all based and rooted in love. And finally as well, uh, Paul, Paul writes, against such things there is no law. But when, we, when, we, when you first initially look at self-control, it's like, well, am I relying on myself or am I ultimately relying on the Holy Spirit? And Paul argues in Galatians especially that, no, it, it's about being uh, living in Christ and, and being led by the Holy Spirit. So, to live with self-control means to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And remember as well, in Galatians, Paul is writing to this, this church in Galatia where there was a group of uh, perhaps, you know, Jews who'd grown up in the faith and realized, well, 
as all the new believers are coming in, especially Gentiles who've never even grown up in the faith of, of Judaism. They were forcing them to become circumcised. And to do so would mean to live under the old way, that of the law. And ultimately we find that unless you live under the Holy Spirit, um, it's almost like you're condemning yourself. There's a new way to live, and that is through Christ, and that is of the Holy Spirit. And so, when we talk about self-control, in many respects, self-control is the ability to choose wise actions. Okay? And so, again, as well, another way that we could... Uh, we could uh, describe it in that as of, of temperance. Now, to live with control, self-control, some respects means that we have to live with intentionality. You know, a lot of times, too, we, we decide that maybe we want to make a, a change in our life. You know, perhaps uh, we want to change uh, our, our diet because we want to, ultimately, number one, we want to feel better. Um, or maybe uh, you want to make a change um, with how much time you spend doing uh, something. Maybe maybe uh, you realize that you've been looking at the screen in front of you way too long that's in your hands. And you realize, you know what, uh, I need to live with intentionality. And so one of the ways that we can do that is to help in some ways, self, help set yourself up for success by making decisions that will help you to make positive uh, changes in your life. We can't go through making changes willy-nilly, oh, I hope today I'll have the strength. No, we have to, we have to be intentional. So whether it's diet or, or ultimately, actually, maybe even changing how uh, you say things. If you, maybe you, you tend to let certain words fly and realize, okay, i got to be intentional about what I think about, right? And as well, even in your relationship. You know, when you first met your spouse, you know, you fell in love, and it was ultimately, uh, you decided that you wanted to be with this person. So you set up time, you made sure you could spend time, whether it was through phone calls or now, you know, you could Skype, FaceTime, uh, but the best of all is just being able to be in their presence. You had to carve time. And with that, um, you had to be intentional about that. And as well, one of the other things that you have to ask yourself is, what environment am I even living in? If you want to choose to, to make yourself feel better, it means sometimes maybe you gotta, you got to throw out the Cheetos and the Doritos as tasty as they are, right? They're not going to help you to be able to to, uh, to set yourself up for success in losing weight, or even candy and ice cream. Sometimes it means explaining to your family, hey, I want to make some changes in my life. I want to be healthier. And so just understand that, look, I may not always participate in being able to binge at Baskin-Robbins, right? But, uh, in fact, Jim Rohn, he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Who you are as a person, in many respects, is influenced by the people you hang out with most. You want to be around happy people? You got to spend time with happy people. If you want to live a, if you want to, if you want to live a, a life that is uh, not happy, you can easily solve that by hanging out with unhappy people as well. But if you want to be successful as well, surround yourself with people that are also successful. Not to say that you have to give up 
everybody, but you have to intentionally sometimes look out and seek that. And recognize as well that sometimes change in your life, it doesn't happen overnight. In fact, in your walk with Christ, for those of you who've been uh, walking along with Christ, know that there's going to be some challenges, there's going to be some ups and downs, there's going to be some peaks, especially when you start. And sometimes maybe you'll go down, you're going to hit some valleys, some, some challenges, or maybe even when you did start, you were in the valley. But know that as well, through the Holy Spirit, we can live, and not only through the Holy Spirit, uh, can we have a great life, but we can have success. And so there's going to be some challenges at, in, at times, but as well, if uh, change through the Holy Spirit is a lifetime commitment. It's what we call sanctification. We're never, uh, ultimately, until we are changed uh, by God, when God comes back, you know, we're always, there's always going to be challenges. But through the Holy Spirit, and we can choose to make decisions that can help uh, change our lives to have that self-control. Sometimes, even though you may have had, you know, you want to finish that pizza, sometimes it's best to say, no, put it in a Ziploc bag and save it for lunch the next day. And yet, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life, the hard decisions, the things that we we think to seem that are impossible, if we take things daily and maybe even uh, bit by bit and through prayer and commitment, change does come. The things that perhaps maybe we struggled with before, we can see that it's no longer a struggle. Ultimately, through the Spirit, we find freedom. We find, find freedom from the pain. We can find freedom from addiction. We can find freedom and hope and that of that the Holy Spirit can lead and guide us just as it led all of the disciples. When we look through uh, the book of Acts, we see this change, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that their lives were changed. I'm reminded in Philippians chapter uh, 3, I think it's 3, it says, Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This life, this journey that we're on through Christ, we have to look at it as it's a long-term endeavor. And you're not, uh, not going to win a marathon by sprinting all out. It takes time, it takes patience. And yet as well, through Christ, all things are possible. So, perhaps when you're feeling that urge to, to um, want to say something, and you know it's going to reflect poorly, it's going to be something that maybe you want to get even, pause Take a deep breath and say, it's not worth it in your head. It's not worth it to get that good retort, that good comeback. Because ultimately, if we truly want to develop and foster good relationships, 
We can't do it through mudslinging. We can't do it through retorts. We have to love one another. And we have to be able to listen. Perhaps there are other changes in your life that you have to make as well. And as well, most of all, pray about it. And Lord, ask the Lord, please help me to be able to have strength to overcome this thing that is holding me captive. And perhaps as well, if there's something in your life that you cannot seem to overcome, it might be that the next step as well is to admit the fact that I have a problem and I need to get help. Don't be afraid to do so. And yet when we also find when we walk with Christ, the challenges that we experienced will find that they are no longer as challenging as they used to be. To close with, I want to read this quote. The fruit of the Spirit begins with love. Love is the first thing, the first in the precious cluster of fruit. Someone has said that all the other eight can be put in terms of love. Joy is love. Exulting. Peace is love in repose. Long-suffering is love on trial. Gentleness is love in society. Goodness is love in action. Faith is love on the battlefield. Meekness is love at school. Intemperance or self-control is love in training. So it is love all the way. Love at the top, love at the bottom, and all the way along down this list of graces. I hope and pray that uh, this series, uh, you have enjoyed it and as well, it's, it's caused to provoke and to think um, how could I make changes in my life? And as well, I hope and pray that as you, as you journey together, may these, these attributes be evident. May you live with love, joy, peace, gentleness, um, and, and, and so forth. That, as well, you can be a faithful disciple to be able to share the good news that others will be attracted and that all may know who God is. May the grace of God be with you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your great love, and as well the fact that you've promised not to leave us nor forsake us. Daily, Lord, there are many challenges. To just even to get up out of bed sometimes can be a struggle. Lord, when we are faced with challenges, whatever it may be, Lord, help us to have the self-control, to be able to have balance. And as well, Lord, um, be with us all as a church. May you help us to be united to work as one. And as well, especially, Lord, during these challenging times, Lord, may we be a positive reflection throughout all the darkness that is going on, even right now. And as well, Lord, there are many of us who simply are just tired, uh, tired of, of staying home, of, of, of being kept in. And as well, Lord, uh, we desire freedom. And as well, there are many who are experiencing physical uh, hardship, and as well who are sick, who need healing, Lord. There are those who are struggling mentally uh, and emotionally, and as well, all of these as well affect us spiritually. Be with us, and, and as well, Lord, uh, may uh, you shine through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, take care, and we'll see you next week as we begin a new series on how we can become better neighbors. God bless. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.com.
www.thepeopleshouse.org. God bless.